Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, y'all going to see when I get in the Word that what God spoke through Brother Justin is right on track. It's exactly. I mean, some of the very things He said are in these notes. And the Lord started dealing with me uh, back on the 21st day of December that 2019 was going to be a, a great year of deliverance. That's when I saw myself standing there holding that spear. I saw Joshua holding it. And then the scene changed and I was holding it. And the Lord spoke and He said, I have chosen this gospel of the kingdom to go forth and spearhead a deliverance move of God at this time. And this thing's on the move. It ain't coming. God ain't going to do it. It's done been set in motion. This thing done been set in motion, I'm telling you. And I want to go ahead and uh, read the Scriptures. The Lord's been dealing with me about. Uh, I'm not going to deal with the first part. Might later on, but I'm going to go down to the second paragraph. Uh, y'all got your notes on page one? Okay. Uh, so I rose to go to prayer. Now this was uh, about 2.45 Thursday morning. I didn't lay down about midnight, and the Lord just would not let me sleep. As I rose to go to prayer, these Scriptures came to my spirit in Joel 2.25 through 31. And I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the cankerworm, the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God that had dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. And he's talking about spiritual Israel. He ain't talking about natural Israel. There's a chosen seed, which is spiritual Israel. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and I am the Lord your God, and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. Then he goes to verse 28, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also upon the servants and upon the handmaidens in those days will I pour out of my Spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and vapor and pillars of smoke, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And let's go to Acts. The top of page 2 is Acts 3 and verse 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing. That word times means years. He said, when years of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And I'm telling you, by the Spirit of God, we moved into years of refreshing. 
You're going to see the Spirit of God move now like you ain't never. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care what your experience is. The Spirit of God's going to move now like you've never witnessed. Times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, and He shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heavens must receive until the times of the restitution. That means years of restoration. The times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all His holy prophets since the world began. Now you look what Peter prophesied right there in Acts. He said, until the times of the restitution of all things, and that means years of restoration. And Joel said in 2.25, I'll restore to you the years. So it's saying the same thing. Saying the same thing. Peter's saying the same thing that Joel spoke. I'll send times or I'll send years of the restitution or the restoring of all things because ever since Adam fell, all the mouths of all the holy prophets since the world began has spoken that God's going to restore man and bring him back to the place he created him and restore the kingdom. That's why the kingdom of heaven is at hand. God is now beginning to restore the kingdom because He placed man in the kingdom in the beginning. And God's spoken this from the beginning of time by the mouth of all the holy prophets. Now I meditate on these scriptures and I started to realize this is where we are spiritually. Several months back, the Lord opened my understanding. You go back to Joel, the first chapter and the fourth verse. And it says this in the very beginning. That which the palmer worm had left had the locust eaten. That which the locust had left had the canker worm eaten. That which the canker worm had left had the caterpillar eaten. All these things listed here, the Lord showed me, are doctrines and traditions of men that started... Uh, from the time the Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost. So when the Lord spoke this, the day of Pentecost had already happened. People got to get their minds out of this uh, religious doctrine. That, uh, Joel 2.28 is the outpouring uh, of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. It's not. It's the outpouring of the Holy Ghost today. It's what God's, it's what God's doing right now. Because everything in Joel 2.28 forward deals with the spirit of prophecy. It ain't what's been preached that uh, didn't happen on the day of Pentecost like people are saying it did. This is the spirit of prophecy that's being poured out now in Joel 2.28. Because he said, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. He said, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. What did Moses say? If there's a prophet among y'all, speak to him by dreams and visions. So that word's confirmed. Our sons and daughters going to prophesy. He said there'll be signs in the heavens above, wonders in the earth beneath. God ain't going to just reach out here and do signs in the heavens and wonders in the earth. Our sons and daughters, by the spirit of prophecy, are going to prophesy these things. And we are in the day right now that God is beginning to restore His Word and His Spirit that He poured out on the day of Pentecost. He set the church back in order. He's setting it back in order. You will see holy apostles. You will see holy prophets. You will see men of God like Philip the evangelist. You will see pastors and teachers like there was the Bible said in Acts 13 at the church in Antioch. You're going to see these holy men and women of God 
And they're going to be working, and they're going to be anointed, and they're going to bring the government back to the church. It's already started. I'm telling you, it's already started. We better get ready for this, because what did God tell us March a year ago? Course correction. Church ain't going on like it's been going. I mean, it, it, it's... Tell you when I started praying a while ago, I seen a, a huge tractor. I mean, commercial. You know, one of them's got uh, two big wheels on each side. Huge tractor. And I seen that thing drop a turning plow, and that plow must have had blades on it two foot long. And when he dropped that thing, that thing went down in the ground at least a foot, maybe uh, fourteen, sixteen inches, and he started turning up ground. Hallelujah. Lord's turning up ground. I said He's turning up ground. But the thing is, He plowed new ground. He plowed new ground. Somebody was telling me the other day, they said, well, can't get nobody to do nothing. I said, quit worrying about it. Quit fooling with them. Don't worry. I said, God's bringing in brand new people. God's bringing in brand new people. Man come to me the other night. Brother Pope's meeting and said, Brother Metter, he said, as soon as I get some things settled down, he said, my home's open Bible study anytime you want to come. Hallelujah. You just look what God's doing. He's setting this thing in order. How long have we prayed for a door to open in Calhoun? How long have we searched and looked around Ranger for a building or somewhere, and now God's just going to open it up? Hallelujah. You do everything you can, and then God moves. you got to pray. you got to believe. you got to set everything in motion. And I believe something fixing open up right here. I believe something fixing open up right here in this area, and there's going to be a Bible study, and people are going to start learning. People are going to start learning. It's time for the Word of God to be taught. I said it's time for the Word of God to be taught. All these churches, the Lord showed me here a couple of weeks ago, all these churches, I mean big churches, cost millions of dollars. Churches are paying out thousands of dollars every month in mortgages, paying out hundreds and thousands of dollars in light bill and salaries, and the churches are sitting three to four days a week. Probably ain't having service or doing anything in them three or four hours a day. I'm talking about as far as the work of the Lord. They got a business office. Most time it's open from 8 to 5, shuts down. They have service Sunday and have service Wednesday. Other than that, there's not hardly anything done. And all these churches just sitting, spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of God's money. Lord showed me there's something going on in church at Antioch all the time. Something going on in the churches all the time. I don't care what size they are. I don't care. The people that are in the truth and walking in the truth are going to be doing something for God seven days a week, 24 hours a day, because it's time for this kingdom to go forward. And what they had to do back then, they had to do it in the daytime because if they hadn't done it at night, they had to have torches for light, and they could they could have done it at night. I mean, I'm sure the Lord told me there was something going on all the time. They was there in the daytime. They was there in the nighttime. Ain't no one man going to set her up on this thing and try to do everything. That's why uh, ministers are killing themselves now. They're trying to uh, preach and teach and prophesy and govern the church and have to take care of everything in the church and having to delegate this and that. That's why God gave seven men in the book of Acts full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost take care of all these things where they're 
men of God could give themselves continually to prayer and ministry of the Word. Don't have to worry about whether the hinges on the door needs oiling. Don't need to worry about whether the roof needs patching. Don't need to worry about whether the restrooms need cleaning. Somebody needs to take care of this and you shouldn't have to worry about uh, somebody advancing in their call. They ought to go forward in their call, teaching, preaching, uh, evangelizing. We need some evangelists to get busy and get in a local church and get out in the area and start having revivals and win souls. And then I told two different people, I said, come spring. Now, I'm not talking about my church. I'm talking about different areas. I said, come spring. You need to work with the pastor and you need to get out in the community and have revivals and start adding souls to the church. Start adding souls to the church because I'm going to tell you it's time for the church to grow. It's time, y'all hearing me? Time for the church to grow. And, you know, uh, here in verse 4, where it's talking about in Joel, uh, let me find where I, that the doctrines and traditions of men from the time the Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost, that the fight from the enemy to destroy what God had done among His people. And that's what's in Ephesians 6 and 12. Paul said, y'all, y'all wrestle spiritual wickedness in high places. Do y'all not know the doctrines of men are set up in spiritual wickedness in high places to keep people from coming into something in God? Telling them everything they're going to get is in heaven. All people do is go to church, they get saved, and they sit there and wait for the Lord to come, or wait till they die so they can go home and be with Jesus. All everybody talks about is heaven. The Lord told me this gospel of the kingdom's got to be declared. It's got to be declared now because it's the only thing going to set people free. This gospel of the kingdom's going to set people free. It's going to set people free. It's going to make them whole. It's going to bring them out of bondage. It's going to bring them out of tradition. And ever since the first of the year, I've been declaring the gospel of the kingdom. And I've been telling people everywhere I go, I don't care what you preach. Go ahead and preach what you want. But ain't nothing going to happen till you preach the kingdom. Ain't nothing going to happen till you preach the gospel of the kingdom. Because the gospel of the kingdom is what causes signs. It's what's causing miracles. It's what's causing deliverance. Go ahead and preach a gospel that all it does is, is appeal to people's flesh and excite their flesh. Go ahead and stay with salvation. You're going to get people saved and they're going to repent. But where are you going to take them from there? What are they going to do from there? It's time to go forward. I'm telling you, it's time to go forward. When uh, Joshua was standing on them banks of Jordan and the word of the Lord spoke to him and said, Moses, my servant is dead. You know what he told Joshua? He said, rise and go forward. Joshua didn't stand there and say, but, 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 but we don't have Moses. No, God had prepared him to move the people forward. God had prepared him to lead the people on into the promised land. That is a, a natural type of the kingdom. But when they crossed Jordan, 40,000 men crossed over Jordan before them from those two and a half tribes that settled on this side of Jordan. 40,000 men went over armed to go to war because they had to take what God had told them was theirs. They had to take it. They had to take it by force. They had to take it by fighting. They fought for every square inch of it and God gave it over in their hands because He was with them. But they still had to fight for it. We gotta fight for this. How many times you heard me say the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent do what? 
take it by force. But people ain't trying to take anything. People just go into chair. It don't matter what God says. It don't matter how God speaks. It don't matter how God moves. It's like there's some kind of fog or something over people's minds. They will not rise up and move forward and possess what God's doing. Had a lady tell me the other night. She said, Brother Metter, she said that hour-long prophecy on December the night. She said, man, I don't know how many times I've listened to that thing. She said, and I was listening to it. And she said, something come out of that prophecy and said, hit me. Set my soul a burning. She said, and I called my brother. Told him, you better get this and listen to it. And he turned it on, and the Spirit of God started moving on him. Somebody gonna take the Word of God and move with it. You hear me? Somebody gonna go for, somebody gonna dare to believe God. Somebody gonna dare to believe God. I said, somebody gonna dare to believe Him. When Joshua, uh, was fighting against Ai over in the eighth chapter, and the Lord told him, said, you hold that spear out against Ai. Hold it out. He told him, he said, the Spirit's in your hand. He said, you hold it out against Ai. And Joshua stretched that spear out, and and Israel totally destroyed. I mean, every inhabitant of Ai utterly destroyed them. But Joshua didn't let that spear down to every inhabitant of Ai was utterly destroyed. That's what God told him. Well, if Joshua would have been standing there and said, oh, I don't know whether that's God or not. Just... Procrastinate and ponder and wait. And... I'm going to tell you, Israel done been whipped by Ai one time. The Lord told them to go back to battle and told them what to do. Had to set an ambushment behind the city. But when he told Joshua, hold that spear out, Joshua had to believe God. Yeah. He had to believe, y'all hear me? Yeah. Had to believe, it don't matter what God tells you, you gotta believe Him, you gotta put it in action. You gotta put it in action. You gotta put it in action. Y'all think it's easy for me to take that spear and hold it out and said, thus saith the Lord, this is a sign of a deliverance move of God that's going to come forth at this time because God's chosen this gospel of the kingdom to be declared and preached at this time. And this spirit's a sign of a mighty move of God. Let me tell you something. I done walked out on the limb, sawed it off behind me and hollered, Catch me, Jesus. Well, that's all right. I said, That's all right. So I know God's with me. See, I believe God. I'm like Paul was when he was on that boat and they got caught in the middle of that storm. And Paul went down the bottom of that boat and prayed. And the angel of the Lord come in there where he was praying. And said, Paul, said, don't worry about nothing. Said, all 276 of these men on this ship, they gonna, ain't nothing going to happen to them. Y'all going to lose the ship. But I done told you, you're going to go to Rome and preach and you're going to stand before Caesar. And Paul come up out of the bottom of that ship. Man, people were so scared to death. They hadn't eaten nothing in 14 days. And 14 nights and all hope was gone uh, that any man would be saved. Uh, and Paul talked. Uh, walked up to the captain and said, you should listen to me. Told you not to lose from Crete. Told you not to set sail. Amen. That it would be great harm and loss to the ship. Now look where you're at. He said, but don't worry. He said, if you'll do what I tell you. He said, God's going to bring us through. Said, ain't nobody going to lose their life. Said, we're going to lose the ship, but ain't nobody going to lose their life. And he looked at the captain and he said, for I believe God. (laughs) Be of good cheer, for I believe God. That it shall be, even as it was told me. I'm telling you today, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. There's a move of God on me. 
There's a move of God ain't coming. There's a move of God God ain't going to. There's a move of God God is right now. I am is moving. I am is revealing itself. I, I am is stepping forward in the callings and the gifts and the anointings. I, and, and I ain't worried about who won't. I, because God's got some people that will. I, and they're being brought in right now. The Spirit of God's got a hold of them. I, and they're coming in right now. Man was telling me about his son in a bar. Shoots professional pool. He don't drink, he don't drug. He just shoots professional pool. And said a man come in the bar here a little while back and was just going around talking to people. Said he thought he was probably bumming drinks or something. Said he come up to him, started talking to him. Said next thing the word of the Lord had come to him. By a total stranger walked in that bar. Tim and they're shooting professional pool and said he turned to do something. It wasn't just a couple of seconds. Said he turned back. The man was gone. Hallelujah. God's going after these sons and daughters. I don't care where they're at. I don't care what they're bound with. I don't care what's going on in their life. I, I don't care whether they've ever known God or so far backslid. They don't think they never get back. I, but I'm telling you I, that God right now is restoring I, to us the years. I, what was taken away from the church at the day of Pentecost. I, God said, I'm restoring the years. I, I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing back the fivefold ministry. I, I'm bringing back the nine spiritual gifts. I'm bringing back the government. I, I'm bringing back the power. I'm bringing back the authority. I, I'm bringing back my dominion. I, and I am moving right now. I, it ain't coming. It's here. You hear me? Did you hear what God said? I, God said when Brother Justin spoke, it ain't coming. It's here. I, it ain't coming. It's here. He had no idea what I was going to preach. I, and he started off saying, quit talking about it. Do it. I, it's time to do it. It's time to do it. I, it's time to put your hand to the plow and dare uh, to believe God because uh, it's here. It's here. Lord dealt me this morning and said, if Jesus procrastinated and speculated and worried about and had anxiety like some of us do about what God told him to do, and he better tell you, he said, Lazarus still be in the tomb. Because it seems like every time God tells us something, we want to meditate on it, mull it over. Think about it. Worry about whether it's God or not. Worry about what people are going to think about us. Worry about what they're going to say about us. I ain't got nothing to lose. <laughs> That's the reason I, when God told me about this spear, and I saw it, and when I come out from under that study of my Bible, I sit right there in that chair. I get up every morning and come in here and put my Bible on my iPad Turn it on, I'll sit there and listen to it and follow it along. And I'll read for an hour, hour and a half nearly every morning just sitting right there. I'm on a, uh, one of them chronological plans. You're supposed to read so many chapters every day. I think I'm like 60 days ahead right now because I'll read two or three days at one time. Won't just read one day. Won't just read uh, two or three chapters. I'll read six, ten, twelve, just however I feel. And I'll get that in my spirit because I'll sit there and follow it. Word for word, listen to it. Word for word, listen to it. Get it in my spirit. And I was listening to it the other morning. You know, David, when he run from Saul, David run from Saul with about 400 men most of the time. And I think he finally got it up to 600. But I'm going to tell you something. When he heard Saul was dead, he inquired of the Lord, said, do I go up to one of the cities of Israel? He said, you go up to Hebron. He went up to Hebron. They made him king of Judah. He ruled Judah and Hebron seven, seven and a half years. 
And then the elders of Israel come to him. They made him king over all Israel. And David had run and fought with uh, five, four, five, six hundred men. And then the Bible says that people started coming to him day by day. Started adding day by day. And I got to reading how they listed out all the people that come to him. It wasn't no time till he had over 200,000 fighting men. 200,000 fighting men that knew how to fight, knew how to use the bow, knew how to use the sling, knew how to use the sword and the shield and the spear. Over 200,000. Let me tell you something. It'd be a, a, I don't even think the United States has got a 200,000 man army. They might have 100,000, 150,000. But man, I got to reading in, in, in some of them uh, armies that Moses had out there. And there was five and six and seven hundred thousand men armed to go to war. I'm talking about half a million, three quarter of a million man army back in Moses' day. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of fighting. But you can read, man, they killed twenty, thirty, forty thousand a day in a battle. Go out the next day in a battle and do the same thing. By the time the battle was over and somebody had won two or three days, you'd have a hundred, hundred and fifty thousand people laying out there on the battlefield dead. Then they go out there and strip all the armor and the the riches and the swords and the spears. They go out there and just spoil them, strip them down. We don't know nothing about fighting. Better get ready to fight. I'm telling you, you better get ready to fight because God is moving this thing forward. He's moving it forward. And, and they're in just, I mean, David run for 13 years from Saul. Turn around running from him one day. Next day he's king over Judah. Just tarried and waited, waited on the moving of the Spirit of God. Next thing you know, here he was king over all Israel. Started conquering cities and building castles and palaces and fenced cities and had him an army of over 200,000 men plus all the people of Israel subject to the word of the Lord that was in him. Because they came to him and said, you know, Said why why Saul was still king. Said you're the one going in and out, getting all the victories. You're the one leading God's people. You're the one conquering all of God's enemies. So it just makes sense. Make you king. It just makes sense. God's pulling this thing together. You hear me? Your eyes have not seen, your ear hath not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. But the thing we gotta do. We gotta get up and be about the Father's business. Y'all hear me? We gotta get up and be about the Father's business. Cause you go back to Joel 2.23 when God spoke to me in 2015. And I'm on page three. I'm at the last paragraph. He said, Be glad then ye children of Zion and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately. That means that former rain, that Holy Ghost that fell on the day of Pentecost had already been given here. It had already been given. And he said, and he will come and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former and the latter, the former rain, the rain and the latter in the first month. This phrase right here means the former rain, the day of Pentecost outpouring was already given. Half given is past tense. Therefore, he's moving us forward into a new day. The first month is a symbol of a new season and a new beginning. How many times has God told us we're entering into a new dispensation? How many times has God told us we're coming into a new season, a new generation, a new move? 
Man, it, I, just the other day when that prophecy fell in here on December the 9th, God said, I'm taking you in a move no generation's ever had. But see, our minds can't get a hold of that. We keep trying to take what God's saying and bring it back to what the church is doing. It ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. Church ain't even got the day of Pentecost. Church ain't even got the rain. You hear me? It ain't even got the rain. Because when I was praying, the Lord showed me. He said, He's already poured out the former rain. He said, I'll cause to come down for you the rain. He said, the rain is what happened with Evan Roberts and what happened with Willie Seymour on Azusa Street. We ain't seen that kind of move of God. There ain't been that kind of move of God in a hundred years. You know what brought it in? Prayer. People seeking God. People tired of religion. People tired of junk. People tired of uh, just church. Just old dead, do nothing, going through the motions. And that's where people are right now. Ain't nothing happening in their lives. Their lives are a mess. Uh, preachers are preaching emotionally exciting messages. There ain't no power. Ain't no healing. Ain't no deliverance. Ain't no move of God. You know why? People have lost their relationship with God. And God's withdrew Himself. I'm telling you, God's withdrew Himself. Did He not say in the Old Testament? He said, I will hide my face. He said, I'll hide my face from you. And I'll wait and see what you're going to do. I'll wait and see. God right now is waiting to see what we're going to do because He's talked to us and 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 talked to us. And it's like we're just sitting and waiting for another prophecy. Sitting and waiting for God to tell us something else. Is anybody following with me? It's almost like there's a, a, a fog on people's minds that they can't see the working of the Spirit of God and they can't see that we got to get up and do something. we got to get up and do something. Jesus said, I do nothing except what I see my Father do. When He saw the Father do something, He put it in action. He put it in action. When He walked into that city called Nain in Luke, the seventh chapter, He already knew that it's going to be carrying that young man out dead. Why? The Father done showed it to him. He already knew in the Spirit what he was going to do. And, and he saw himself in the Spirit walk up that funeral bier till it stands still, until that man get up. He already knew. But he still had to believe it and do it. He still had to believe it and do it. Everybody's hollering, well, God's going to. Well, God's going to. Well, there's coming a day God's going to move. Right now. I'm telling you, right now. Would the Spirit of God speak? Right now, it's here. Right. It's not coming, it's here. Yes. He hadn't seen these notes. Right. I hadn't discussed with Brother Justin what I was going to minister on today. Spirit of God spoke to confirm this word right here. Yes. Spoke to confirm it. Now what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? God, God told us in August to get outside the four walls of the church. Did He not? Did he not? Did I not come to church that day on the fifth of August and tell y'all God had spoke to me to get outside the four walls of the church because people had bound the working of the Spirit up inside the four walls of the church, and even in the church where people supposed to come together and worship God, you can't hardly have a move of God because everybody's bound by doctrine, everybody's bound by tradition, everybody wants God to do the same thing. And God said, "Get outside the four walls of the church." It was right then that God started opening the doors for us. Started opening up these 
Bible studies in different places. And now look at the fruit God's producing. Look at the fruit God's producing. They've got two families so stirred up on the Word of God. Don't know what to do in, in other people. Are getting stirred. They won't, they won't see God move. They're tired of dead religion. They're ready to see God be God. Yes. Are you not ready to see God be God? Amen. Can you believe God to be God? Yes. Can you believe God to perform His Word? Hallelujah. You know, when the Lord spoke in the prophecy in here, and I hope everybody's listened to it. I didn't listen to it two or three times. Everybody should have by now because that was over a month ago. You should have done listen to that word on December the 9th. But God said in that prophecy, He said, when I speak a word, He said, it has a season. It has a time to be fulfilled. And He said, well, when I speak that word, He said, I'll give a time frame in there where there's what He calls some wiggle room. Right. You know, God may have to uh, do something to depend on what we do. But God, when God spoke this, He said, ain't no wiggle room left. He said, I can't prolong this no more. Right. He said, it's here. In Ezekiel, I believe it's 12th chapter, the Lord told Ezekiel, He said, the vision shall no longer be prolonged. He said, I'll perform my word. We're in the day God's performing His word. And then when that brother got up in church last week, and the Lord had taken him and showed him that spirit of prophecy in Ezekiel. Amen. Man, that set my... I hadn't even seen it. God ain't even showed that to me. And here he got a hold of that word and was talking about that spirit of prophecy that was in Ezekiel. And how by that spirit of prophecy he spoke to them bones? How by the spirit of prophecy he spoke to the winds? Amen. And he saw that work into that spirit of prophecy... God didn't even let me see that one. Because He wanted to reveal it to other people. But you can see, man, that spirit of prophecies, what caused it to happen. I had that vision in the spring sitting on your couch in 1984, Ann. Sitting right there looking out over the lake, fasting, drinking a cup of hot tea. And the Lord took me out in the Spirit and I saw the dry bones come together. Saw them bones stand up on their feet. Saw the flesh, the sinew, the muscle, the skin, but there wasn't no breath in them. And that's when the Lord said, prophesy to the wind. And as I watched that thing, got through, the Lord spoke to me and said, you know what you've seen? I said, no, Lord, unless you tell me. He said, you've seen the body of Christ coming together. I didn't even know what God was talking about. Who was preaching on the body of Christ in 84? Who was telling people that God's putting a body together that's going to bring forth what we preaching about today? I told somebody the other day, I said, God showed me so many things, spoke so many things to me over the years, I had no idea what God was talking about. I said, sometimes I feel dumber than dirt. Because God just spoke to me, just plain. He said, you've seen the body of Christ coming together. Man, I shouted and jumped and hollered and praised God. And running around and around the upstairs of my mother-in-law's house and then downstairs getting ready to go to church. And I started shouting, God spoke to me. God spoke to me. God spoke to me. And they had come to my wife and my mother-in-law coming around the upstairs and said, what did he say? What did he say? I looked at him and said, I ain't going to tell you. So I'll tell you tonight. And I had, even, had no idea. 
but I knew it was God. Didn't know what God was trying to tell me, but I knew it was God. Now I understand that 35 years ago, 35 years ago, God showed me what He's doing right now. See, God ain't done this thing in the corner. God's been laying this thing in line with me for 40-something years. Showing me what He's doing. Bringing it together. One piece at a time. He said, I'll... What did He say about His Word? Here little, there little. Put it in place. You're like a jigsaw puzzle. Just like that puzzle I put together at the church in Alabama. Everybody got a place. But the thing is, if you don't find your place, you might hinder somebody else from finding their place. Because all the pieces got to come together. Hallelujah. So, we've entered into a new season. We've entered into a new beginning. God's doing a new thing. There's a new dispensation. There's a new generation. Everything God said. Everything God said. When God spoke to me in July 2015, He said the first month ain't the first month literally. He said it's a type of a new beginning. But yet we can't turn loose of the old. It's like my wife says, we're trying to do a new thing in a good old fashioned way. <laughs> we can't turn, we don't want to turn loose of the old. You know why? It's a habit. It's a habit. If you don't watch yourself, you get up in church, start saying something, doing something, you're going to drop right back to habit. You're going to say the same things, do the same things. People are going to give you the same reaction. But what the Lord told me, you got the former rain, day of Pentecost, you got the rain, which is what God, the type of move God done with Evan Roberts and Azusa Street. He said, then you've got the latter rain, which nobody's ever had but Jesus. He said, but that power, when it moves in us, it's going to bind Satan for a thousand years. Y'all remember when I, uh, Lord showed me what He showed me in Revelation 20, verse 1. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. The Lord showed me. There ain't no literal chain going to bind the devil. It's going to be that Word of God in us. It's going to be this, this gospel of the kingdom, this authority, this dominion. We're going to lay hold on him. We're going to render him helpless. He's going to be rendered helpless for a thousand years. And we're going to go forth across this earth, destroying his kingdom, setting people free, winning souls to Jesus. Amen. Are y'all following me? That's the first resurrection. First resurrection ain't what the church teaches. First resurrection ain't when the Lord comes back and the graves are opened and everybody gets up and goes up to heaven. No, the Bible said the rest of the dead live not again till the thousand years are finished. The only one resurrected from the dead is those that gave their life for Christ, those that were martyred for the faith. Read the rest of this. said those that were beheaded. You hear me? Those that were beheaded. Because of the mark of the beast that refused to take the name and number, those that were beheaded said they were part of the first resurrection. If that is where the first resurrection happens, that means that the Lord ain't coming until after tribulation, after the mark of the beast. Did I say that out loud? Because if they 
are going to be willing to put their head on the chop block and be beheaded because they refuse to buckle under to this doctrine of devils. That mark ain't no computer chip. That mark's going to be a mindset. It's going to be a, a, something to take over your mind. That's what's in the forehead. The right hand is power. It's going to be a force of Satan. It's going to take people over. Ain't no computer chip. Ain't no computer chip going to make you deny the Lord. You say, well, Brother Matter, it says you can't buy it or sell. The Bible said buy the truth and sell it not. It said buy the truth and sell it not. They may put you in a bind where you can't do what you need to do. But that's where God's going to have a people. It's going to live by faith. It's going to live by faith. John says, I saw a multitude. I saw a number that no man could number. said, these are they that came out of great tribulation. Hallelujah. They're coming through. There's people coming through. Yes. Hallelujah. They ain't going to cut and run. They're coming through. Amen. They're coming through. Yes. Hallelujah. You go ahead and study the Word. You'll find out the first resurrection that you've been taught is, is that the coming of the Lord is not till after the tribulation and the mark of the beast. Go ahead and study Go ahead and study in Revelation 13 how. Lord, I don't know how I got off on this. Go ahead and study how that the Bible said in the, the beast made war with the saints. Well, if ain't here, he can't make war with them. Amen. That's right. The elect got to be here. Why? He said they would be deceived if possible. So they got to be here to face that tribulation, that persecution. Yes. They got to be here to see these men come, false Christ and false prophets have power to work miracles and call fire down from heaven. We see, uh, we are now seeing anointing coming in that's going to stand up against these spirits of witchcraft, soothsaying, and I'm going to tell you something. They're already in the church. They're already in the church. When the Lord gave my my wife that vision, that's course correction. She saw ministers that she knew. Go to soothsayers, diviners, fortune tellers to get a word to help people because they lost their relationship with God. What did Saul say when he come when he had that witch call Samuel up? He said, God won't talk to me. God won't talk to him. He said he won't talk to me in dreams. He won't talk to me in visions. He won't talk to me by the prophets. He won't talk to me when I pray with the linen ephod. He won't talk to me. Samuel said, well, Saul, seeing God's rejected you, what do you want me to do? So he went to a familiar spirit. He went to a soothsayer to get a word so he'd know what to do. Uh-uh. Separation. Separation. God said, you're going to know them that serve me? You're going to know them that serve me? Nah. Sad thing is, people don't even know when somebody's ministering by the Spirit of God or whether they're ministering by the Spirit of witchcraft. And Sue's saying, that's what's sad. I said, that's what's sad. But God's bringing forth the people. Amen. They're coming forth right now. November the 12th, said that little church in Blue Ridge. The Lord spoke to me. I saw Jesus step on the scene. I saw people sitting in the very valley in shadow of death. The Lord told me, he said, great light sprung up. Great light sprung up. You read it on, on, on page four. It's that second paragraph. About 7.30 in the evening, November the 12th, sitting there in that church looking at people, and I saw people helpless. I saw them hopeless. I saw they couldn't get a prayer out. I saw they had no hope in God. They were just going through the motions. People were just going through the motions. You know why? They've seen nothing real. 
People want to see the reality of God. We got to show people the resurrected Christ. We got to show them the reality of God. Amen. We got to show them the revealing of the Christ because it's just programs, it's just entertainment, it's just singing. It's just somebody getting a yea, the Lord would say unto thee, Art the apple of my eye. Let me tell you something, that ain't spirit of prophecy. That ain't even a good gift of prophecy. But spirit of prophecy speaks by a prophet or a prophetess. They don't speak by somebody with the gift of prophecy. Somebody that's got a ministry to be a prophet or ministry to be a prophetess that's going to speak to the body of Christ. Not going to speak to just a, a local church or a few people here and there wherever they minister. No. This is going to be the word of the Lord. This is going to be the word of the Lord to the nations. Amen. That's what God told Jeremiah. He said, when I put you in your mama's womb, he said, for I formed you in your mama's womb, he said, I knew you. He said, when I brought you out, he said, I'd already ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. There's people already ordained, already called of God, predestined from the foundation of the world. Paul said in Romans 8, 29, we are predestined and foreordained to be conformed to the image of His Son. I don't know what y'all going to do. I'm going to put on Jesus. I'm going to put on Jesus. Amen. Matthew 4 and 16. The people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. Then I heard these words. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. When God said darkness had covered the earth and gross darkness the people, do y'all not remember the Lord told us darkness is spiritual ignorance? Man, there's so much out there in religion that's got people messed up. Telling people this means this and that means that. And I heard a man say the other night, he said, well, I just want y'all to know, so-and-so, so-and-so, the Lord told me he's the false prophet. Going to be with the beast and the Antichrist. I thought, good God Almighty, how off track are you? I mean, just ignorance. What is it? Darkness. Darkness. Darkness has covered the earth and gross darkness the people. And then a man was supposed to have an end time prophecy. So I clicked on that. And Lord, the tongues were enough to send chills down your spine. You could feel the very wrong spirit. And I clicked off of that. And then somebody's supposed to be revealing something else about the end time. And I clicked on that. And that was way out in left. I thought, God, it's a junk. That's why the gospel of the kingdom has got to be declared. The gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom, a gospel of power and authority and dominion. But when the Lord spoke to me, He said, a, a new move has begun in my spirit. Y'all sitting right there beside me, Sister Deborah, Brother Justin, Lisa, y'all sitting there right beside me. And the Lord visited me. Y'all sitting right there on the same bench, elbow to elbow. <laughs> That's how quick God can visit you. That's how quick God can change things. And then a few days later, sitting right there in that office, the word of the Lord come to me. He said, just as much as I spake, the word of the Lord to John the Baptist in the wilderness, he said, I spoke to you in that church in Elegy and told you a new move of my spirit had begun. There's something already begun. 
And we keep saying, well, God's going to. God's going to. Fourteen months since God spoke this to us. Fourteen months. That was November 12, 2017. We're in January 2019. Fourteen months. And we're still sitting and waiting. God said, you better get up and use what you got. Is that not what He told us? He told us, get up and shine. Start using what we had. Y'all hear me? It's like a darkness that's clouded people's minds. Spiritual. People don't know what God's Word is saying. They, they, they searching. They fishing. They hoping. Praying them spaghetti prayers. Just throwing something out there hoping it's going to stick. You don't pray spaghetti prayers and God move. You got to pray and get the fire of God. Get the Word alive in your soul. And then when you speak, you know God's going to do it. You got to have that. The Spirit makes the Word alive. If you ain't got the Spirit of God in you to make the Word alive, it's a dead letter. Dead letter. And it ain't going to do nothing. The very reason ain't nothing happening with people, don't have a relationship with God, don't have a prayer life, keep the Word alive. You got to keep the Word alive. Because I'm telling you, today's the day. Today's the day. And now is the time to step forth and possess what God's doing. And that's right at the bottom of page four. Better step forth and start letting God do whatever you got. Whatever you got in God. Whatever He's put in you. It's time to start using it. It's time to start using it. When God puts people in your path, sick and diseased, we want God to put folks that know all about Him in their path. We ain't want God to put sinner folks in our path. Well, if they don't believe, I'm going to tell you something, you're going to have a better chance of getting a sinner to believe than you are some of these people in church all their life. <laughs> Top page five, Lord told us to rise and shine because our light has come. Our light is Christ. He's the light of the world. Is He the light of the world? And He came shining in darkness and preaching the glorious gospel of the kingdom. In John 1, 1 through 9, you go on down, and when you get to verse 4, it says, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it all. It'd be pitch black. We'd make it pitch black in here, and you could light a match. And the darkness can't put that light out, can't hold it back. Darkness cannot comprehend light. Once it shines, darkness has to step back. And it don't matter how little you think the light in you is, it's time to use it. Amen. You know how many people out there are dying for deliverance? You got people connected to your step grandkids that's dying that need a miracle. Woman dying with lupus. I don't know. What the man, but they need help. They need deliverance. And you got it right here inside of you. Take it to them. Take it to them. Oh, I'm crazy. Well, if you think you're crazy, then quit following God like this. If you think this is crazy, quit following God like this. If you don't think anybody else is going to believe it, then what you believing it for? Just like the devil told me over a year ago, or right after the Lord spoke to me and told me about being an apostle, and He said, "You be careful what you preach, because what you plant's gonna come up." 
And I heard that voice of the devil send a chill through my soul just a few days later. And the devil spoke to me and said, you need to worry about preaching what you preach it. I said, ain't nobody going to believe it. I thought about it a few minutes. I said, devil, too late. Somebody already does. Somebody already believes this word of the kingdom. Already believes what God's revealing. Because the Lord told me it's going to come up. Amen. Mm-hmm. I'm planting. I'm sowing. I'm cultivating. I'm watering. But I can't cover the whole field by myself. It's time to be up about the Father's business. Amen. Amen. Time to be up about the Father's business. Hallelujah. And it went on in verse 4 and said, In Him was life. The life was the light of men. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Or verse 5. And there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness. To bear witness. I'm bearing witness to the light. Amen. I'm bearing witness to the light. I'm bearing witness to what should be living inside of you. And I'm not just telling you about it. I'm demonstrating. I'm demonstrating that life of Christ. I'm demonstrating that miracle and that deliverance. I'm demonstrating that authority of that kingdom. But I'm doing my best to let the nature and the mind of Christ show forth. Amen. But see, it ain't, it ain't just me. This is body ministry. People got to start moving. Because if you don't start moving, sad part about it is, God going to find somebody to take your place. Because His kingdom's coming forth. His kingdom's coming forth. In John 8 and 12, Then spake Jesus again, said unto them, I'm the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Then He told us in John 9 and 5, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Now, if the Spirit of the resurrected Christ has taken its abode in you, He said in Matthew five, fourteen through 16, you're the light of the world. He said, I'm the light of the world. He's gone now. He's gone now. He said, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. You're not going to walk in darkness. But He's gone now. He's saying, you're the light of the world. Why? Because he lives right here. People walking in darkness. People sat in the very region, shadow, valley and shadow of death and Zebulon nept the lie. What the Lord told me. Matthew 4. When he told me this in November of 2017. They're sitting in darkness. People walking in ignorance. And I'm only going to preach to people so long and if I, if I don't see somebody moving, I ain't going to waste my time. I ain't going to waste my time. I mean, if I come preach this Word in this kingdom two or three times, and you don't move with it, I ain't going to keep coming back and coming back and coming back because there are people who enjoy this Word, but they won't do nothing with it. They like the results. They like what they feel. They like what they're understanding. But they don't want to apply themselves. God's looking for somebody to put their hand to the plow. Because what the Lord say in Matthew 5, Here the light of the world, city set on a hill, can't be hid. He either said, neither do men light a candle. Put it under a bushel. He said, when you light a candle, you put it on a candlestick. So everybody in the house. Is your light shining? Is your light shining? There's something coming out of you, something being demonstrated, something being manifest. 
testimony of Jesus is what? Spirit of prophecy. Spirit of prophecy in you. Spirit of prophecy coming out of you. You have a witness. You have a testimony of Jesus. Ask yourselves. So I'm telling you, ask yourselves. What's in you? What's working? What's moving? Or have we got ourselves caught in this old religious dogma of being discouraged and downhearted and beat down all the time? Because that's where church is. I'm not going to church and, and being discouraged and beat down and upset all the time. I'm not doing it. If that's all God's got to offer, I'll do something different. But see, the Lord said He come to give life. Yes. He said the kingdom of heaven's not neither meat nor drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And people don't have peace or joy. Amen. Listen to me, children. It's here. It's here. It's on us. And we gotta possess it. We gotta possess it. When the Lord told us right here in this living room on December thirty first, twenty sixteen, as we went in twenty seventeen, what did he tell you? Preach the gospel. The gospel of the kingdom. Preach the gospel of the kingdom. And the change she saw the shackles falling off of people. Was down in the meeting where we was. Preacher come up to me. He said, Brother Metter, he said, I saw myself preaching in the natural. And he said, I seen people shackled in chains. And he said, I saw my spirit man with a key go start unlocking them. He said, and I could hear the shackles fall to the floor. Everything the Lord told her. New Year's Eve 2016. Preach the gospel of the kingdom. Chains will fall off of them. This is the only word that will set people free. I don't care what else you preach. It ain't going to set people free. You preach salvation, they'll get saved. You preach baptism, they'll get baptized. You preach live a good life. There are a lot of people who live a good life, but it's not the kingdom. It's not the kingdom. We've got to have the kingdom preached. People got to be taught Christ will come in and take His abode in here. Amen. They've got to be taught He'll come in and take His abode in here. Saw that on December 31st, 2016, November 12th, 2017. I done discussed with you. Then on December the 9th, 2018, the Lord spoke in a prophecy and said there was a visitation was here that He was no longer going to prolong His Word. And, he, and almost every prophecy comes forth, the Lord said, I'm bringing in a visitation no generation's ever walked in. Does that not excite somebody? He said, I'm giving you something nobody else ever had. Paul was 35 to 40 years in his ministry when he said, Your eye hath not seen, neither has your ear heard, neither has it entered into your hearts. Everything Paul had seen, all the miracles, all the crowds, all the healing, all the churches that were established, he said, Your eye hadn't seen, neither has your ear heard. And it ain't entered in your heart what God's getting ready to do, what God's prepared. God's got something prepared for us. God's got something prepared for us. Get that prophecy from December the 9th. The Lord spoke, said the Christ fix and go forth. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Are we ready to receive the bridegroom? Are we ready? He, he spoke in that prophecy. He said the bridegroom's coming. He said the Christ fix and go out. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Rise. Go meet him. <laughs> go meet him. Hallelujah. Have your lamps trimmed and burning. Because there ain't going to be no second go round. Y'all hear what I'm telling you? We're in a late hour. If we're in the place 
where the Lord told Joel, I'll restore to you the years. If we in the place where Peter spoke in Acts 3, and there was a great move of God going on, he said, repent and be converted. That your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he's going to send Jesus whom the heavens got a hold. He going to send who? Jesus. Ministry of the Son of Man. He got to send the ministry of the Son of Man. But as far as him coming back, and heaven's got to hold him. As far as him coming after a people, heaven's got to hold him. He said to whom, whom the, the heavens received him, they're going to hold him. To the years of the restitution of all things. And that's what we're moving into right now. The restitution of all things. Hallelujah. Exactly what God gave man in the beginning in the kingdom. The kingdom is being restored. The kingdom is being revealed. I hope somebody's with me today. Yes. I hope somebody's with me today. Then on December 21st, I saw me holding that spear. And the Lord said, I've chosen this gospel of this kingdom to go forth and spearhead. A deliverance revival at this time. At this time. It ain't waiting. God needs laborers. I said, God needs laborers. Anybody hearing me? God needs laborers. God needs laborers. How many times are we going to make excuses? Why? I mean, how many more times are you going to listen to somebody come pray? Well, you need to get back to prayer. Need to get back seeking God. Need to get back to relay. Been preached a hundred, hundred and one times. Now all people preach keep doing recycling, recycling. Tell I, brother Michael uh, told me here a while back. He said, he said I used to go to a church and he said this man came and he said I take notes. He said, I'll write down the date. I'll write down what you preach. I'll write down the scripture. I'll write down everything you say. He said, if it's interesting to me. He said, that man come to church and preached. And I wrote down everything he said. I said, three years later, about three years later, come back and said, man, God just spoke to me and gave me a powerful message. He said, he preached the same thing he preached three years ago. Word for word, scripture for scripture. He said, it was new. Wasn't nothing new about it. Preach don't have nothing new. They have a series of messages. There's some pre- preachers can't preach more than three or four days because that's all the messages they got. They go preach a revival, they can't preach more than two or three days because that's all the messages they got. Then they need to go to another church so they can repeat. Let me tell you something. God speaks something to me and I preach something. I can turn around and preach it again. It'll be totally different. Why? It's anointed by the Spirit of God. Amen. I can take the same scripture, give it the same title, preach a completely different message. Because God don't speak the same thing. I ain't never went from town to town in my tent meetings or revivals or nothing else and preached the same messages. I've always got something fresh off the altar of God. I always got in prayer every afternoon, late at night. We got to speak to me and give me a word for the people. I ain't never recycled messages. All them tapes you got, you won't find hardly any of them that's got the same title. I may mention the same thing from time to time, but I don't. You ain't got forty messages got the same title on it over a period of three or four years. You know why? God knows what His people needs, and if you seek Him, He'll speak to you.
I appreciate the Lord today. But all I know, if we don't get up and be about the Father's business, we can go on in spiritual darkness. We can go on, keep going to church. We can go on, people keep prophesying, singing, shouting. You may even have some healings now and then. But we're going to miss the kingdom. Let me tell you something. I ain't missing this. I'm going into 47 years of my life of seeking God, hunting His kingdom, pressing for it, sacrificing for it, doing everything I could to possess I ain't missing it now. I'm moving forward. I'm not here today because I couldn't go to LJ. I'm here today because God told me to be here. If God speaks to me next Sunday to be here, I'll be right here. God speaks to me next Sunday to be somewhere else. I'm not getting caught up in the form. I'm not getting caught up in the form. Well, Brother Meadow, God's moving in LJ. Yeah, and God's going to move everywhere I go. Because I'm going to be ordered. My steps going to be ordered by the Lord. Amen. You're saying you're not coming out? I didn't say that. I'm just not saying I'm going to get bound up where I feel like i got to be somewhere and not be led by the Spirit of God. i got to be led by the Spirit of God. Because when I'm led by the Spirit of God, there's a a free flow. Amen. Just a free moving and working of the Spirit of God. It's like God started His service off. I knew last night, called Justin up here, and I knew I just about knew how God was going to use him. Why? He got that call. God bring him forward. God bring him forward. God going to use you more and more, son. Get ready. Telling you, I told I told my wife last night. I said I'm gonna start using Justin more and more. I said it's time for him to come forward. He is that son. He is what those sons and daughters God spoke about. Amen. I'll stay by the stuff. I said I'll stay by the stuff. It's time for them to come forth. Time for them to come forth. Amen. You appreciate the Lord. I'm gonna think I've about covered. I ain't covered everything word for word, but I think God's give us a. A good word to excite our souls. Because we need God to bring us forward, children. Amen. We need God to bring us forward. And worst thing you can do is take this word lightly. Worst thing you can do is take this ministry lightly. Because I see this thing going forward in a power. Ain't nothing will happen with that spear. That's a sign. That's a sign there's a spearhead deliverance move of God coming forth. That's all that is is a sign. Every time I feel it, I'm going to pick it up just like I used to pick my staff up. I'm going to pick it up I'm going to use it. And every time I use it, bear witness of that sign, I'm saying, God, I believe what you said. I believe what you said. I believe this is a spearhead deliverance move of God that you bring in forth in the earth at this time. Because God told Brother Michael Harris, a year ago, he saw a move of God come in, and he said, Brother Meadow, when I saw it come in, he said, I felt like the elder President Bush had died as a sign to the move of God's coming in. God's bearing witness. Brother over in Jasper, Alabama, same weekend, his daddy passed away on that Saturday. They had 41st President's funeral. He, he called me, or I found out about it, and I called him. And talked to him. And the Lord spoke to him right there and said, His daddy was a sign of a generation.
that's come to an end. He said the president was a sign of a generation of the nation naturally. He said his daddy was a sign of a generation spiritually. You know, they said on the news there'd never be another statesman or another generation like that. They just don't have the integrity and the honor. and the, It's come to an end. That's what the Lord said. He said generations come to an end naturally. It's come to an end spiritually. Now we're moving into... We're moving on. We're moving on. I mean, how much does God have to speak to us? God told me this chosen seed, this chosen generation, this is both naturally and spiritually. We're in a chosen generation. But there's a chosen generation as a seed naturally... It's coming forth. So it's twofold. You got a chosen seed like you are a chosen seed. You're a chosen generation. But we're also living in a time period of a chosen generation. God's going to do what He said He's going to do. Ain't nothing going to stop it. Nothing going to stop this. I used to hear preachers say, be like a poodle dog barking at a freight train. Trying to stop the move of God. Little old poodle dog standing on the side of the tracks just to bark in that freight train. Just keep on going. Little old poodle dog barking ain't going to stop that freight train. The devil can bark all he wants to. He can stir up all the commotion he wants to. But see, the devil knows he can't stop the move of God. But he knows he can't stop people. He can stop you from possessing your call. It's time to dig in. Amen. It's time to fight. Y'all appreciate the Lord? Let's go to prayer. Let's ask God bless this word. Say, so, Brother Matter, you ain't preached. I don't care how long I preached. I'm through. Felt spirit lift. I ain't gonna belabor the point. Try. Right. Try to say we had three hour service. You forget that. Right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, by your name Jesus. God, I'm asking you to let this word find good ground. God, right here where I'm preaching, out there where people are listening, those that are gonna Watch it and listen to it. Lord, let this word find good ground. Let it go down deep in the hearts of your people, in their minds and in their spirits. Let it take root. God, something got to go downward and get rooted. And spring forth upward and bring forth fruit, Lord. It's got to, Jesus. Lord, you said it before us. Now you give us the wisdom of what to do. We give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I appreciate.